Well, good morning. I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, lead and teaching pastor here. And welcome, whether you are here with us in person or you are joining us online. If you want to follow along with the sermon notes, you will find those on our church app. So as you heard, we are doing a 30-day faith challenge. And the idea is that over the 30 days, starting with Easter, that we would do some things that would grow our faith. We would worship, we would read the scriptures, we would pray, and we would serve. Now, how are you doing? Yeah, okay. Now, if, if you're like, uh, not doing it, these are how you would find the resources. So just start today. You can go ahead and look at them on our website, or there's a little booklet on your way out, and you can just start right where you're at today. So don't feel like you've missed anything, because you haven't. Last week, we started off with Pastor Michelle's message, and she talked about how it is that our belief isn't just personal, that it undergirds how we live our lives, and that out of our faith, We want to become better people. We want to become people who are more loving, more caring, more like Jesus. Today, I want to talk about what belief is and how what we believe has a huge impact on all aspects of our life and how some of us believe things that maybe it's time to put aside. So let me start with the story. Years ago, I was talking with a woman about her daughter-in-law. She told me that her daughter-in-law was timid, introverted, and not very likable. She said she wasn't sure that her son should have married this woman. And she was going to just take a we-will-just-wait-and-see posture. I listened, and I think that day I had had a lot of strong black tea, and so I felt caffeinated enough to say to her, why would you want to believe those things about your daughter-in-law? And she said, well, those things are true. I'm just reporting the facts. This is how my daughter-in-law is. But was she reporting the facts? I had a feeling that what she thought were facts were actually her beliefs. We all fall into this at times. I told her that if I met her daughter-in-law, I might have a very different impression of her. I might have different beliefs about her. I might look at the fact that she was introverted and quiet and timid, and I might think that that meant that she just knew she was young and she was trying to be respectful. I asked her if it was possible, if someone else might see her daughter-in-law very differently than how she did. Maybe, for instance, her son. She thought about it. And then she took her daughter-in-law out for lunch. And she called me and said, I'm starting to see her differently. 
I tried to think about what you said, and I tried to listen for how maybe some of the assumptions I have made about her aren't quite accurate. She was willing to see her daughter-in-law differently. She was willing to change how she thought. She was willing, and because she was willing, her beliefs started to change. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been in a situation where you made some beliefs up about somebody, you had some assumptions about them and their behavior, and then later on you were able to pivot and maybe see them in a different, in a new way? I think probably all of us have had this experience. And sometimes, like in my story, it's a good thing that our beliefs change. It makes our life better that our beliefs change. We see our mistake, we're able to pivot, we're able to remedy it. But let's be honest, sometimes when we change our beliefs about something, especially something that we have believed for a long time, it can be confusing, it can be hard. And that's because many times our identity is connected to our beliefs. Our beliefs often give us our identity. So if we change our beliefs, our identity can feel a little less sure. Not about our daughter-in-law, but about bigger things in our world, our life, how we see ourselves, how we see God. One of the things that I hear going on in the Christian movement right now is what's called deconstruction. Deconstruction is this thing that's happening in churches where people are finding that the belief of their childhood no longer suits them, and so they are deconstructing their faith, or they are reimagining it, dismantling it. Now, this is in the news quite a bit. It may be not in the news of the circles you're in, but in the circles I'm in as a pastor, this is something that's talked about quite a bit, and how people are throwing away their faith, and how people are saying their faith no longer works for them. I saw a bit of a talk this week by a pretty substantial pastor who was saying how wrong it was for people to deconstruct their faith that they should hold on to their faith, and that to doubt their faith is wrong. In our church, we think differently. We understand that in our lifetime, we will all experience times when we deconstruct our faith and we reconstruct our faith. That we will all go through times when we doubt and believe and change what we think. The belief that you had when you were a child about your faith is probably going to be different than when you're 40 years old. And the belief you had as a teenager about your faith will not be the same as it was when you are 75 years old. And I don't know if it really should be. So if you have the same belief at 5 about God as you do at 85, for me that would actually be a problem because your faith, your belief should be growing and changing as you grow and change. 
So let's hear today's text. This is from 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me give you a little context for what we're looking at in our text today. So uh, this is a part of a letter, and it's part of a collection of letters. First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. All of those letters are called the pastoral epistles. And they are words from Paul, as someone older in ministry, sharing with those who are younger in ministry. So today in our text, we hear Paul sharing with Timothy. And he wants to share something practical. He wants to give him some helpful advice. So in our text, Paul knows it is probably not outside the norm, just part of human nature, that older members in a church might have issues with a younger pastor. Or a younger pastor might have issues with older members in the church. (laughs) Paul reminds Timothy That age, that's not what matters. How he lives is what matters. How he gives witness to his faith. It doesn't matter his age. It doesn't matter anyone's background or experience. Those are not the most important things. How we live is what matters. How we live out and model our faith is what's most important. We actually heard this several times this week. In day eight from 1 Timothy, it says this, Timothy, you belong to God, so keep away from all these evil things. Try your best to please God and to be like him. Be faithful, loving, dependable, and gentle. And on day 11, we heard from 1 Corinthians, keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions, Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping. And then on day 12, we heard from James 2, so you will see faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So the connection with all of these texts and our texts for today is that what we believe informs how we live. So, Think about it. This week, in your life, how did what you believe about the world, about God, about yourself, inform the choices you made? Now, of course, beliefs don't point to just one way of living, right? You and I can both believe in a God of love, but we could live it out in very different ways. But do think about it. Do think about how what you believe is lived out in your life. And not just about God, but about yourself, about the world, about those around you. I think a lot of us will come to a moment in our lives where we will look at how we are living and we will realize that there is a disconnect between what we say we believe and how we are living. And of course there is. 
Nobody's perfect. We're all on this journey. But I think as we talk about belief today, it is helpful to pause and to ask, are my beliefs leading to the kind of fruitfulness that I want to see in my life? And if not, why not? This is important. And here's why I think it is important. Today's text, Timothy has an issue, right? He believes his age is the most important thing about how he interacts, that he isn't able to do some things because of his age. And Paul has said these words to him to remind him of the bigger and more important picture, which causes me to wonder how Timothy's belief was affecting how he led. Maybe, since Timothy was so focused on his age, there were times that he needed to give leadership, but he didn't because he was worried that he was too young, that maybe his wisdom was wrong. And maybe because of that, because of his pulling back and pulling inside of himself and focusing on something, his age, which, you know, he couldn't really change, maybe, just maybe, that had impacted his ministry impacted his life. This happens in all of our lives. We feel that we are not enough for whatever reason, and that holds us back from giving our gifts, from serving as we have been called and equipped to serve. So Timothy needed to learn how to believe that what Paul was saying was true, was right, was a better and more helpful belief for him to have. He had to learn that what he was thinking was most important, what he believed, needed to be put aside so that he might believe something bigger and more essential. So what limiting beliefs are stopping you these days? We all have them. It might be limiting beliefs about how we see God and what God could do in our lives for us. They might be limiting beliefs around how we see ourselves or someone in our life, like my friend and her daughter-in-law. What we believe about ourselves and the world and God will affect what we do. And affect what we don't do. will affect how we live. And it will affect where we hide from life. So I want to give us two questions today to think about as we talk about belief. I want us to look at, if my beliefs are holding me back, can I change them? And if... And if I can change them, how might I do that? Okay, so the first one, if we have some belief about ourselves or others that are holding us back, can we change that belief? Yes, absolutely we can. Many times the beliefs that you and I hold are beliefs that we have by default. 
We haven't really processed them or thought about them. We believe what we believe about God and ourselves and others because of the past. You know, we believe what we believe about God because of what a pastor said to us one time or a Sunday school teacher said to us. We believe things about ourselves and about others in the world because of what parents said to us or, or friends mentioned to us. And so the first step in all of this is to become aware, to become aware that if we're going to change our beliefs, we have to become aware of what it is we do believe. And this is a skill that we develop, becoming aware of what we believe. So how do we become aware of what it is we believe? A couple ideas to think about. The first is, I want you to notice where what you say you believe and how you act don't line up. So notice in your life where you say you believe this, but you act in a different way. For example, let's say that you believe and you say that your family is a priority for you. But if we look at your calendar, we see most of your time is not spent, even your free time, with your family. Now, when you notice that, instead of getting down on yourself about it, ask yourself instead, what belief might I have that's operating here that's causing this conflict? Many times the beliefs that we're actually living from are unconscious. We're not even thinking about them. They're down so deep in our lives. And the belief here could be something like, I don't spend time with my family because my boss is demanding. I believe that my boss needs a lot from me and that for my job security, I need to keep giving 100%. And that's what fills all my time. Noticing what you believe... And the conflict there is not to make yourself feel worse. It really is there to become aware of what might be operating under the surface in your life so that you can be aware and change it, so that you can be aware and grow. This is all about growth. And growth has to have compassion as part of it. Second, notice how you spend time energy, money, and ask yourself, what belief is motivating this behavior? So (laughs) this last week, um, one of the things I I, uh, used to wash my face with went on sale. And they also had a couple other things that were on sale. And so I bought two of each of them. And I thought, uh, why am I doing this? Well, I was operating from scarcity, right? I was operating from this thing like, I need all the stuff. If I have all of the stuff, things will be better. I don't want to live my life based on fear and scarcity. So notice what you are doing, as I'm trying to do, and ask yourself, what's the belief behind this, that there isn't enough, that it won't be there for me later? Look at that and notice what's going on for you. We can believe new things, but I know that changing the beliefs we have and becoming aware of them can be a huge challenge in our lives. Too often we think that the things we believe 
aren't optional, that they are facts, that they are truth. But our beliefs can change as we grow, as we learn, and as we desire a life that is more in line with the life that Jesus came to give us and what Easter is all about. So, how do we change beliefs we hold that may not be serving us very well? well I want to talk about this more over the next couple weeks, but today I want to give you the essential piece of it. You change your beliefs by practicing new beliefs. Let me give you a very personal example. When I was a new pastor 30 years ago, it was a common belief that women should not be pastors. In fact, people used to make appointments to come to my office to tell me that. (laughs) It was a belief that if there was a woman pastor, that the church would not flourish and grow. There was a belief that you weren't called if you were a woman into ministry. I experienced in my first church that I served that there were people who were very disappointed that I was a woman and not a man. Now, I tried not to let this get to me. But 30 years ago, it was everywhere. It was a constant thing I dealt with. And even though I tried not to let it get to me, I started to feel less than, not as good as. And that affected me personally, and also it affected me professionally. I realized that if I was going to be used by God in my life, that I needed to change that belief, that I needed to work on that belief. I already believed that God had called me. Now what I started working on was I believed that God knew what God was doing. I worked to believe that God had equipped me to do what he had put before me in ministry. Now, I didn't have someone like Timothy did to remind me that my gender was less important than how I lived. But I realized that for myself, and I worked on that in my life. And now I stand at almost the end of my time in the local church, And I think of all the things that God has been able to do through me in the churches I've served, and that none of that would have happened if I had not changed my belief that God could use a woman as well as God could use a man. So, what new beliefs do you need to start practicing so that you might become the parent or the friend or the leader or the mentor or the teacher or the business person that God has created you to be? Many of us need to put aside this belief that we hold that we are not enough, that we fall short 
You may be sitting here today feeling that, that there's not enough in you to do what God will put before you. But I want you to hear the good news today, my friends. God has a plan for your life. And that plan is going to call you past where you stand today. For God's future is bigger than any of us would imagine. And that future will call us to believe. Let us pray. 